Lensec live here. What's your perspective? And I'm excited to welcome to the show Jake Parker of SIA. Jake, thanks for stopping by. What's your perspective? How are you? Thanks, Neil. Happy to be with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a cold, cold time of year for us, especially in Pittsburgh and all over the country. I guess even in Texas, uh, they're going through some stuff, too. But our topic today, which, you know, it started in a conversation we had before, Jake, regarding uh, facial rec with a certain uh, situation was going on in the state of New York. And we thought, well, let's just go with jumping with this topic of what facial recognition is because again we see you know csi or all those different technology shows where you know really are we at the latest type of things to say oh we were able to identify their face through facial recognition regarding cameras or some sort of uh device so can you define first of all what is facial recognition i think the simplest way to explain this is it's basically a photo comparison technology so it's photos, whether it's taken on the spot or a photo, for, a still photo from a video or a photo that's on file. Um, it's a it's a it's a technology that compares photos and tells you how similar they are. So uh, it's used. Facial recognition really is defined into two different types of applications. One is verification, which uh, also known as authentication, where um, it answers the question: Is this person who they say they are? So someone who's already um, enrolled, verifying that, they're, that this is the identity. And then the other application is identification. So often used to help identify an image of an unknown person, whether they're in a database that is that's used by the system. And a lot of times that that's, that's a great way for authorities or, or the security department to find the perpetrator very quickly, right, with facial rec. Yeah, and really, there's there are so many different applications. Um, it's in, there; they can be very complex. Uh, you know, you've got ranging from literally opening your smartphone. Uh, and, and, you know, Apple products use the facial recognition technology to do that. All the way, as you mentioned, uh, you know, criminal investigations trying to um, uh, more accurately and, and faster uh, identify suspects in a crime, or even witnesses or victims of a crime. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, and it's so important because without that technology, the perpetrator will end up getting away or the specific person that was involved in an incident. There's no proof who that person is. Correct. Right. Right. And there's so, in, so just to sort of some background and as far as in the United States, um, you know, the, the law enforcement has been using the technology for about 10 years and uh, it's been used in hundreds of thousands of cases. There are actually many, many uh, success stories of cases that would never have been solved without the assistance of the technology. Um, you know, missing persons cases, cold cases, things like that. Um, there really is a, a, um, a track record, you know, of success there. And uh, one thing to point out too is in uh, all the law enforcement applications we know of in the United States, the Technology actually aids investigators uh, normally in, in, in investigating initial leads on a case. It's not used to verify someone's identity as far as the computer result. It's got to be done by the investigators um, through other means. But that's typically how it's used here in law enforcement. Interesting. And when I think when you think about specifically enough, what are people's thoughts on facial recognition, especially what has the research shown? So there's been some controversy in recent years um, about the technology. And I think really, um, you know, it's kind of in two areas. One is people are concerned about uh, the potential uh, use of the technology to, to um, you know, increase government surveillance of citizens. And we've seen 
many technologies in this way in other parts of the world that we don't want to see happen here. And then there's also been a lot of questions about the accuracy of the technology. Um, unfortunately, a lot of that's been based on some misconceptions and some misinterpretation of research um, that's out there. But I think what has, um, another reason why we were talking about this more now than we, we were before is technology has gotten so accurate um, over the past uh, three years even uh, that it's, it's opening up more uh, commercial applications and more government applications that were contemplated before because of its, uh, of its performance. And as far as what, what people think about the technology, we actually at SIA commissioned uh, one of the leading uh, independent research uh, polling firms um, to conduct a public poll of Americans this last summer. And they talked to a thousand Americans with a demographically representative sample from all different parts of the country and found really overwhelming support for use of the technology, especially when uh, it explains uh, some of the very specific current ways the technology is being used you know, as distinguished from kind of the hypothetical ways we've seen like in the movies, you know, about how the technology is used. Exactly. So, you know, 70% support use of the technology, think it'll make the country safer. Um, interestingly, about 70% also support its use in ways that would make their workplaces safer, uh, which really deals with the whole uh, different set of uses uh, surrounding access control and security systems. 63% um, support the ability of homeowners to use the technology in their home uh, security systems to uh, to open their doors and things like that. So uh, there there is a wide level of support across different use cases. You know, law enforcement's received the most attention though, as we just spoke about. Um, right. But even there, sixty six percent supported law enforcement's use of the technology. Were you surprised by those numbers when they came out? I was because if you you're only reading the media narrative about the technology, unfortunately. Um, you're not going to get the, the facts, and um, but yet it seemed that, that that could really influence public opinion. So far, it seems that that doesn't really align uh, with where people are at, are at on this, and especially as we see facial recognition technology uh, kind of becoming part of our daily lives in, in many ways, um, I think that's going to continue. What, have you, what, what were you hearing from the media? What is the media saying about facial rec, like different so, stories that come out? Yeah, so one of the uh, uh, concerns is about the performance of the technology across different demographic groups and across races. And with the, the um, you know, concern, and I think this is a, a deeply held concern and a legitimate one, that you don't want a situation where law enforcement is using the technology in ways that uh, would increase the possibility of misidentifying someone. If it's, doesn't, if it's not as accurate for certain races, obviously that's a, that's a concern. Um, you know, the almost all of that, uh, the, the, the science behind that, that allegation comes from a single academic paper in 2018. They looked at, you know, black women, for example, uh, near a very high error rate, like 30% error rate. And of course, that uh, result has gotten repeated over and over and over in the media um, and, and assigned to facial recognition when in reality, situation is much different. Uh, the National Institute uh, of Standards and Technology, known as NIST, uh, is actually the world's leading scientific authority on facial recognition accuracy. They've been testing the technology for over 20 years. They looked at demographic performance in 2019, which is called a snapshot in time. And what they found was the leading technologies actually performed uh, evenly across all demographics without any noticeable differences. Um, at the same time, they did find lower performing technologies did have a significant difference in some uh, statistically significant difference across those groups. However, the spread between the accuracy rates and performance 
was really only a few percentage points. All of them performed in the 90th, in, in the 90s, high 90s uh, accuracy rates. So th there is an issue that, I, that needs to be addressed. The con industry continues to address but it's not nearly the magnitude that it's being portrayed in the media. Interesting. And how do you need to be responsible as a person who's using it for surveillance purposes? So the main thing is, um, you know, and this points this out in their study that you have to know, you need to know the algorithm that your technology is using. So sometimes uh, an integration will involve more than one algorithm, but they'll, or a specific one, but the performance, uh, you can't characterize the performance of all facial recognition technologies in, you know, as, as all being extremely accurate or, you know, it's hard, you can't make generalizations about it. It depends on what that particular algorithm, how it performs. You also need to know what, what is the performance metric that is the most important to your application, which will vary. Um, so it's going to be different. What if, if your idea, if your goal is flow management, you know, that's going to have a different accuracy measurement than if you're verifying someone's identity for, uh, a, a uh, financial transaction, you know, where it needs to be, uh, the accuracy is just different as far as what the performance you need. So I think the main thing is to know your algorithm. And many of these uh, algorithms are, are NIST tested and they test them on an ongoing basis. You can find the information free on their website. Interesting. And I think that, that that process of being responsible with your surveillance is important, but I, we wouldn't, some people just don't understand it, right? Meaning like other security professionals, might understand what the technology does, but yet don't know that they're doing the wrong thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that the if you, the information you need about the accuracy of the technologies should be available to you via NIST or in, you know, via the manufacturer, uh, but it definitely you'd want to make sure it's matched up to your to your purpose. Definitely. All right. So, you know, going into this, where do you see facial recognition going and like latest trends in this in the next couple of years? So certainly, uh, you know, you should be aware that there there is a, um, a movement by a number of uh, advocacy organizations that have banded together and demanded uh, that there be uh, laws in place that actually completely ban the use of the technology often in a blanket way that doesn't distinguish between these different uses, you know. Certainly, uh, you know, we understand the uh, privacy and civil liberties concerns about the potential for the government to use this for some kind of mass surveillance way, which we would not support. And the members we work with that produce this technology wouldn't support that either. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're talking about an access control implement, implementation where it's a uh, enables multi-factor authentication, um, you know, there just isn't this, there isn't civil liberties concerns with that type of application. And even privacy, we're talking about an opt-in application and certainly data needs to be protected. Um, and there's many ways that's done, but these just aren't the same things. And unfortunately what we're seeing is um, for, uh, proposals to ban the technology in a way that pretty much bans either all public sector use or even private sector uses without distinguishing between these, um, these uses. And we would prefer to see, you know, if there's concerns about a particular use um, you know, we, we prefer to see those addressed real directly and specifically uh, in, in policy uh, versus a blanket uh, ban or really um, difficult uh, restrictions uh, that just apply across all use cases. So why do you think that there's this push for a ban of this technology? Is there any reason? Well, I, I think there's, 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 a lot, there's a lot of reasons. There, there's, um, you know, there's a longstanding um, 
concern among you know privacy um, advocacy organizations about technology and its effect on our privacy. And they've been we've seen this happen. Um, so 15 years ago, it was RFID. All right, RFID was going to be Big Brother, you know, tracking you wherever you go and things like that. And there's there's so many reasons why um, that's not the case. And, and now it's used in everything, right? And I think that's kind of you know you know right. that's where things will go. Um, and I was pointing out too. I mean, these efforts have had some limited success. Um, you know, at the municipal level, there's been a number of cities that have banned the use of facial recognition for. Um, you know, city government use clustered around San Francisco, Boston, suburban areas. And just more recently, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and then last week in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, so, but in those places, even, even there, there's some exceptions. For example, in Minneapolis, um, access control and security applications were uh, exempted from that, uh, from that ban. So there's some recognition that there's a difference across, uh, across use cases. At the state level, however, there have been no blanket bans um, enacted uh, they're they're broad like that, even though it's been proposed in you know a dozen states. Wow. Okay. Um, wh- when do you we use do we see facial recognition, especially in let's go first of all with the public sector. Yes, yeah, so in the public sector, you know, there's there's a I talked about the law enforcement history also, um, even longer than than that. So more than ten years ago, many of our um, driver's license issuance agencies and ID issuance agencies have used this to make sure uh, that there's no fraud occurring um, in their issuance. So people aren't creating uh, legitimate uh, IDs, but on false, uh, false identities and which, and that fuels all kinds of criminal activity, you know, um, you know, drug activity, human trafficking. I mean, you name it, that's, that is what's needed to, to propel a lot of that criminal activity. So that's longstanding use. Just about every state uses facial recognition in their driver's license issuance uh, agency. Um, it, but I think emerging or other public sector uses, I know um, certainly in for um, access control and security, that's a, a growing area. I think we've seen more growth in the commercial sector for those uses than the, than the government sector so far. But as we're now recovering from the pandemic, um, there are actually a number of facial recognition enabled um, applications um, that are going to become really important and are just really taken off in the in the private sector of being able to um, you know prove prove your identity but also right. uh, provide proof of your you know vaccination or uh, test COVID test results um, and that we we actually I was just speaking with one of our members who actually provided this technology at the Super Bowl so all of those uh, uh, healthcare workers that were guests at the Super Bowl wow. as they did they use this technology to um, uh, to verify their identities and their status uh, as they came into the stadium. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. And then in the, you see more, but you're seeing it more happening in the private sector than the public sector. Facial right. Yeah. Currently I would, for, for those applications. Yeah. I would say for, for access control and security is just more, more so in the, in the uh, public sector, the private sector um, at this time. Um, you know, however, I know there's, there, there is, um, there's several implementations I'm aware of um, in the school setting. So in K-12 right. school where uh, the technology is used to alert security staff if someone who's not permitted to be on school property um, does appear to, does try to enter the building and does, runs, a, runs a check on them that way. In a very limited use case, you know, making sure we don't have sex offenders and, and uh, other people who are not permitted to be there uh, coming into the school. 
Uh, and those have had tremendous success. I was talking to one school district implemented a system like that. And within the first two months, they had flagged three, you know, sex offenders wow. needed to kind of adjudicate those situations and go down and talk to those people. And also looking at for an active shooter situation that would be also utilized really well in schools, especially if some they've had violent activity and we're kind of tracking to see what they're doing, right? To make sure and then that they don't come to this building because they have certain offenses, not a criminal record could be a, another reason to use facial recognition, right? Especially someone entering a school that shouldn't be on school grounds. Sure, and I think that's one of the things, there's kind of this misperception uh, by some that, that using the technology is there to track students or, to, or to, to police students. And that's really not how it's being used currently in those, in, those, um, in those projects. And it's based on a threat assessment process that occurs completely outside the technology. Every school district ha um, it has a threat assessment process of some form, um, you know, that gets information from the local community, from the local police department, but also from their own information about uh, folks that they need to um, that they need to watch and to make sure they don't come on the school property. Very interesting. And so, thinking about we talked we talked about again the the public sector school districts. Does this happen in any other public sector? Do you see a lot of facial recognition cameras on uh, you know like in the streets and stuff? Not yet, because that's the big cry, right? Not to have those, especially you know how you have cameras in certain municipalities. They're not really facial rec ones, are they? Uh, yeah, so there, there's actually not that many municipalities that actually own and operate their own surveillance networks like in urban environments, but there are some and, and um, I'm not aware of any that are running facial recognition as part of those systems. But, um, you know, and again, like I said, law enforcement uses are really forensic. They're not real time surveillance uh, applications right now. And, and we haven't spoken with any law enforcement folks that are, are, are really wanting to do that, to go that direction. Um, but that is an important distinction. I think one area, other public sector area is, uh, is mass transit. I think we're right. there's some benefit in, um, you know, addressing you know, emergency situations, um, you know, uh, or, or threats of some kind that someone makes there, or even finding missing missing people. So, you have all these articles available at the, on the CEO website. So, the latest trends, different articles, different things. People can go to where Jake. Sure. Yeah. So go to website securityindustry.org and go to uh, um, uh, policy issues and facial recognition. We've got the results of our poll. We've got a myths versus facts document. We've also released a uh, principles for responsible and ethical use that we hope can guide policymaking in this area and many other resources. Your hope in a lot of ways is that tech don't fear technology in the continue because it's going to help security in the long run, right? Yeah, look, we don't want to see a, a ban on technology that has very real and proven benefits. Um, but we, we think we can address the concerns about the potential uses of the technology in, in public policy that, that does just that without ban completely banning the use of the technology. And I think that's, that's the way things uh, should go. Well, Jake, thanks again for stopping by. Look forward to having you on much more on different topics in security. Uh, anything new coming up that you want to talk about with SIA? Any new news to report? Uh, we'll just look at, we have a um, conference called the Government Summit. We'll be doing it in three parts virtually this year. So be on the lookout for information about that. Uh, it'll be April, June, and September. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, policies that affect uh, the deployment of security solutions, including facial recognition, but many others as well. Awesome. Well, definitely have you back. Thanks again, Jake, for stopping by.
Thank you. All right, guys, that was What's Your Perspective, Lensec Live. Check out, go to lensec.com live to check out all the information. I appreciate you guys and tune in next week for another great What's Your Perspective. Take care.